Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Happy Monday. Hope you're setting off for a good week. I know I am. You get what you think about, so you might as well be in a good mood and try to make it happen. So, I get a lot of feedback from folks that the market is doing things that they're not anticipating. And I kind of know what you mean. You know, you buy something and it doesn't have the courtesy to go up. Can you imagine the rudeness? And, you know, you're watching investors and you're looking at volumes and you trying to fit in, find out where you fit in to the big scheme of things. Some of you ask about that. Some of you said, you know, in the world is very big here with all this stuff going on. You feel very, very small. I know what you mean. The water's cold. The um, But anyway, uh, a few of you also wrote in and said that your normal setups on your charts aren't following through. And I know what that feels like, too. First of all, it's hard enough to find a damn thing that you can trust. And then, two, once you do trust it, you start making money, you kind of, you don't let your guard down, but you certainly get used to how things work. And then when it doesn't work anymore, you're like, huh, did I lose my edge? Did I lose my touch? Am I doing something wrong? I have a blind spot. Then you start second-guessing yourself. And I think those are all very natural reactions to you know, that type of scenario, because I have felt all of those things at one time or another. Um, there's an extensive amount of material on charts, right? So I can't possibly do it. Plus, this is audio only, so you can't see what I'm envisioning in my head. With that being said, you know, let's take it from daily, weekly, monthly, right? We're not talking about intraday charts. We're talking about stuff that shows less randomness as the duration or the timing of the chart increases, right? So monthly charts have the least amount of randomness, weeklies as well, and then dailies have, you know, more random data points than other chart patterns, say, on weeklies and monthlies. Hard to trade off weeklies and monthlies for sure. I concede that. But I think one thing that might help you, especially if you're in the investment advisor space and you're sitting on gigantic sums of cash and you have trepidation to put that money to work because you understand fundamentally how the world works. You understand what's going on. You might even understand certain industries very, very well, certain sectors of the economy very, very well. But then for all the other stuff that you don't fully understand, you kind of switch gears, right? And you rely on the chart pattern, right? There are some people who do nothing but rely on chart patterns because they would know fundamental if it came and kicked them in the ass. Plus, to understand fundamentals, it's a lot more work, right? Whereas if you have six or so chart patterns or setups that you're looking at, you might be able to apply any number of them, all of them, one of them, whatever, to every single name that you're looking at. You might say, well, let me just pick any one of them, right? doesn't really matter. Pick like a cup and handle and just say, that's all I'm going to do on everything. Um, understanding what's going on within the chart 
Like if you went in and dove into your computer screen and found yourself in that big up green bar that you'd be looking at at GameStop and say, what the hell's happening here? So what you try to do is separate the chart from the company from a fundamental standpoint and what it does, what does it do, what does it sell? And think about what is it that the other people are doing with the stock at these inflection points, right? A good way to think about it is if you're looking at a chart and you can see the price change over time, you might have a volume underlay at the bottom as well. You might measure for volatility if you're looking at commodities, right? You measure vol because you have to somehow normalize the risk across all the different contract sizes, right? And just think, you're really looking at the crowd's behavior, right? Sure, the fundamentals will always be there. But I think it's try it's hard to trade the chart while thinking of any number of potential fundamental items, whatever data points. So you might have clarity. You might. There's a few ways to go about this, but if you're asking me the shortcut or how can you get a better understanding of what it is you're looking at, think about what other people are doing, not unlike a person sitting at a poker table. You know, you're obviously you're playing your cards for sure. That could be the game stop of it is your whole cards. But then when you start seeing the flop and all that kind of stuff, if you're playing Texas Hold'em, you definitely have to play your cards, but you also have to play the other people at the table. And so you can look at that chart especially if you keep it simple to like support and resistance and think, okay, where are the buyers definitively in control? Where are the sellers in control? Because if you're a long only trader or investment advisor, you'd want to think about looking at the chart and the ethos that's being marketed to you from other market participant behavior and your ethos and make that congruent and then be long when other buyers are in control and either be hedged or a smaller position or out of your position if and when the sellers take over. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense for you to be long when the sellers are in control. Unless, of course, you are on a 20, 30-year investment plan and that's the way it works. That could be possible too. But I would think about you thinking about not so much how good the company is, but... What is happening with that company in the mind, in the eyes of the other market participants, and what are they doing? If you use moving averages, that can certainly help you talk about other people's intentions. You know, there's certainly lots of moving averages that you can use. The longer term moving averages are slower to change because there's more data points, right? Those are your 200, your 100, right? And maybe for some of you, might you might even think your 50-day moving averages are longer term, whereas if you're in the commodity space, you're probably aware of a 5 and 20 crossover. I'm not talking about using crosses as entry signals. I'm just talking about direction of trend, strength of trend, which you can kind of formulate your own ideas on by overlaying several moving averages. It's not, you know, I'm not the first person you've probably heard say this. It's kind of common. I don't know if it's common knowledge, but it's very common among the better stock traders to take a look at that 
And one of the things they look for is the change in the slope, right? You can look at a chart and see it's in an upward slope. That's easy to do. Look at downward slope, negative slope. One indication of avoid, right, and certainly not add more to your position is when those moving averages start to move sideways. You're probably looking at like a 20 period, right? Five is five is too reactive, right? And that thing is all over the place. Looks like, you know, your Uncle Vinny's EKG if, or after a meatball parm and a, and a two-liter thing of Coke. His heart's jumping out of his chest. So that's hard to, had to trade off of. But when you look at sideways markets, right, channeling markets, typically neither buyer nor seller are, are in or is, right, neither one is in control. So there's no point, right? It's like you being madly in love with another person and they have indecision. They're not sure, right? That makes for a bad balance, makes for a bad relationship. You might be lovelorn, they might be lovelorn, and you're undecided. So I always look at those channeling markets as being that type of situation where one person can't be gung-ho and the rest of everybody else is like, meh. So you can use that horizontal slope i.e. a slope of zero, to say that's when I'm going to avoid, that's when I might sell calls, they might collar up my risk. I don't think you have to go overboard with any of that, especially if you're smaller. Like those are for more sophisticated situations. And I think if you overcomplicate things yourself, you know, you start creating more trouble than simple risk on and risk off. Um and until you can get that part down, I would not worry about trying to hedge your position. I would simply add risk and I would remove it more so than saying I'm long a bunch of stock or I'm long crypto or I'm long Tesla and it sold off $18. And, you know, if it's going to go, I want to hedge my position. So I'm afraid it's going to go through 800 I don't know if it's a Chinese proverb or something, but it goes along the line of this, is that if you have, if you're out in a lake or the ocean and you're in a boat and the boat springs a leak, you don't drill a hole in the boat to let the water out. And so this is kind of what happens when you start hedging and putting on options positions on an underlying when you really don't have your underlying tactics all sewn up in the first place. So don't worry about hedging. Focus on getting one thing done right and then once you know that and you own it for, I would say, honestly, 6 to 12 months, maybe more, because you're talking about emotional intelligence, you talk about self-esteem, you talk about having confidence, you need all of those things humming and pointing in the right direction before you start trying to hedge, right? So I think that's a very long-winded way to answer your, your question is, is think about what other market participants are doing. And if you can't do that, think about just in terms of support and resistance and who is in control. If you're in a channel, neither party is in control. So therefore, it might be an, a warning for you that this is where you should have a neutral position, not try to be bullish at the bottom of the range, right? Because once it trades through the bottom of the range, i.e. it trades through support, you certainly don't want to be long. So I find that those types of people are trying to get cute and they're taking an investor's ethos of buy low, sell high, which is epic bullshit, and trying to overlay that onto a trading mantra. Anyway, that's just my opinion. There's probably 45 million other ones that, that might resonate with you too, but this is my show, so I'm going to talk about what's important to me. And I thank you for being here. If you'd like a copy of the audiobook version of the Inner Voice of Trading, 
It's free at Martin Chronicle. Go to there in the top right corner. You can get yourself one. I appreciate you being here as always, and I will see you tomorrow.